This is the More Than Work podcast, where we talk all about how to gain more satisfaction in your job. It's possible to enjoy your life and your work, because business is personal. Hey, More Than Workers. Today's topic is going to be, wait a second, do we really want to do this topic? I'm not, I'm, I'm pausing a little bit. Should we change the topic? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, changing I'm your mind change. is, yeah, changing your mind's a good thing. I mean, so we've been talking about doing this topic for a while and we keep doing it like we're going to do it and then we stop and we don't do it. And we've done, we've done like three or since this topic was first proposed, we've done like five or six other topics just as an <laughs> observation. And the topic is changing your mind is good. So it's a little ironic that we're sticking to it this time because it feels like we should maybe bail out of this topic and do a different topic. But I guess we're going to talk about like, is changing your mind a good thing or a bad thing? So we work with a business and I'm going to be pretty vague here to protect the business in case. And they had a product that they were selling. And one of the questions that we had for them is, are you making really good money on that product? And they said, yes, we're making lots of money on this product. It's wonderful. We love it. It's very successful. One of the most successful things we do. It's great. It's great. It's awesome. And then the pandemic hit and they were no longer able to put this product out for a variety of reasons. And they stopped the product. And when they stopped the product, they discovered something really, really weird. They discovered that they make more money without the product. So they were actually losing money with this product. The product was not profitable, but they all thought it was. And they thought it was big time. And they thought it was so obvious whenever we brought it up in meetings and said, are you sure you're making money on that? It was like, oh yeah, oh, it's killer. It's the best thing we do. It's a huge, hugely successful. Later, they found out that that was just plain wrong. So here's the question. Are you wrong about anything and do you know about it? So a lot of this, a lot of this comes from a book that I just read recently that I do recommend and it's called Think Again by Adam Grant. So I want to give Adam a shout out. I know he listens to this. I don't know if he listens to this podcast. He's got a, he also <laughs> Somebody has Somebody tag Adam Grant. I very highly doubt Adam Grant is listening to this, but maybe this will entice him to. If yeah. you do, Adam, you give us a shout show, out. If yeah. You want. yeah, we'll have you on the show, Adam, if you want to come on the show. <laughs> No charge. Oh, whatever you want to. We don't you, can jump on. you can jump in. Or maybe we won't have you on the show. I don't know. Change your mind. But it's called Think Again. And he talks about these biases that we have and why we sometimes get stuck in ideas. And he also talks about how really good leaders learn that not only is changing your mind sometimes necessary, but it's actually a good idea. And so today we're going to talk about that. And we have with us Diana Royalty, Bethany Taft, and our host, Matt Griswold. You know, it, it strikes me, Don, and I don't want to push back on this, but that company that you were talking about that, oh man, it turns out we weren't making a lot of money. I don't know if it was the changing my mind thing or not being able to understand good financials. Uh, that's, there's two different lanes there, right? So if we understood that we'll, if it wasn't making money before, we probably would have seen that. Probably a little both. And we, we have definitely done that, by the way. You can search <laughs> for that podcast as well. A lot of people don't see the numbers on their podcast. But I think what was interesting about that story was they have the financials. They have the ability to look at it. They did have enough data to be able to look at it. So they weren't looking at it. It wasn't that they didn't have the data, but they didn't even look at it because it was so obvious that it was successful. They didn't even think about it. So, so obvious, the obvious that it was perceivably as um, successful, right? So yeah. I think this is maybe a good place to start the conversation. So this whole idea of changing my mind, you know, we, we joked about it before we hit record there of, you know, at least it's not called, you'll never change my mind. You know, at, at least people are open to the idea of changing, changing our mind. And maybe you've started conversations like this with your work peers, Diana, I know you and I think differently about lots of things. Doesn't mean that I'm still, you know, we're not, we're not good friends, but we can have conversations 
conversations about that and we're open to the idea of let, let me hear how you tick and you want to hear how I tick. Why do you think the way that you think? And, you know, and sometimes I would say, you know, we're not changing our mind necessarily on big positions that we have. You know, some of those conversations are pretty weighty, but I do think we find commonalities between the two. And sometimes that's winning that conversation too. Right. So, yeah. yeah. And I think you've changed my mind on little things and like shifted how I see the world a little bit. And all of those things have been really beneficial for not just me, but also for our relationship and how we work together. Yeah. So let's start the conversation here. So this whole idea of changing our mind, like what are the, what are the positives and the negatives? So if I'm somebody listening to the podcast right now going, why do I need, why do I even need to find the need to change my mind about something? Am I wrong in the way that I think? And you might not necessarily be wrong either, but there's probably a different perspective, maybe one that you've not considered. Don, in your case there, the conversation that you were talking about with that company, um, it was a conversation that they hadn't considered because they were so sure the other, the opposite side of that was true. So they, so they, so we don't open our eyes to the other side of what that looks like. This is not meant to be a political conversation. I know it sounds like this is a, oh man, I read about this on Facebook all the time, right? People come at it from diff different angles, but but if we are coming at it with this, okay, so maybe I'm not thinking about it clearly, change my mind. I mean, what? why would somebody want to even take that first step? I mean, I think you want to be able to change your mind because you might be wrong and you may not know it. You know, and I think it's the two-step process. People would say, I've heard people say, well, I will change my mind if I'm wrong, but I'm not wrong. And it's like, well, how do you know that you're not wrong? And it turns out that humans aren't very good at knowing if we're wrong or not. We're not very good at it. And we, we hook onto things, especially things that fall within our beliefs. And we latch onto those and we hold those things as absolute extremes. I'll give you a good example. Um, I led a leadership workshop in the last couple of weeks and did this twice. And we actually, for breakfast, we had breakfast for the group and they served bacon. And we deliberately had them serve two types of bacon. We had them serve crispy bacon and we had them serve, what would you call it? Chewy bacon. So they had two different types of bacon that were served. Diana doesn't like bacon, so she's not going to fall into this. Matt, are you a crispy bacon Sorry. or chewy bacon person? I'm definitely a crispy melt-in-my-mouth bacon. I don't want chewy bacon, especially on like a BLT. I'm pretty passionate about this. I don't want a chewy thing where I take a bite and the whole strip comes off the sandwich. That's that. I don't know. You just touched on one of my pet peeves. That's gross. Bethany, are you a chewy bacon or a crispy bacon person? I tend to lean toward the chewy category, but I have to clarify because we talked about this before. Chewy doesn't mean not cooked. It's fully cooked. It is not raw. You can still bite it, but you just get to savor it more. It's like jerky kind of the sort of like that consistency. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to say you're wrong, but you're on the opposite of right in this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So th this is what we presented. We actually, you guys could, you guys, we did not plan this out. So this is great. This is the best thing. Diana just hates bacon in general. Yeah. I was going to say both of you are wrong. You're all wrong. Bacon's not that good. It's just gross. Change my mind. <laughs> you have not had the right kind of bacon, Diana. Yeah. That's what I'm convinced. I, I'm more of a I sausage person. I've been in Missouri my whole life. I'm pretty sure I had. I've seen you eat biscuits and gravy. Please don't ever say that again. That's <laughs> that's a topic for another another day. You, you're fair. wrong. That's fair. You seem to enjoy it too, as I, remember, as I recall. So yeah. So anyway, we had the group eat two different kinds of bacon. I asked the group. I said, "Hey, who likes crispy and who likes chewy?" And just like happened on our call, about you know half and half about. And so I said, who's passionate about this? And people raise their hand. I'm passionate about it. And we had two sides come up to the front of the room and they argued with each other. 
And we just had them fight it out in front of everybody. And they gave out their, and they got really extreme in their arguments. Just like Bethany pointed out, like one side's like, would you take a pig and chew on it? Like, would you just take a pig? Does that seem appetizing to you? So why would you like chewy bacon? And as Bethany points out that that's not good for you. Don't eat raw pork. Like that's not a thing. Don't eat that. But that's not what chewy bacon really is. And then on the other side, they were like, well, you like crispy, but so you like burnt stuff. Is that how you like your steaks? Would you cook a steak? Like just burn it burn it crisp, like a crisp steak. Does that sound good to you? A crisp hamburger? You know, it's like, no, it's not the same thing either, but they got fighting with each other. And not only did they fight, but they fought in such a way where they started like hurling insults at each other, you know, just like you two almost did right here on the call. So this, this idea, you know, we presented this and then I asked the group, I said, based on hearing this and the room was, was full, is a full room, is about 40 people in the room. And I said, how many of you changed your mind based on what you just heard? And nobody did. Nobody changed their mind. So then we started talking about it a little bit more and we did start talking about like different uses for bacon. And the discussion came like, do you want, do you want chewy bacon on your salad? Do you want crispy bacon on your BLT? Like there's different applications where maybe like you could find some common ground and maybe there's the right type of bacon to put on different applications. And they're both fighting. If you could see us right now, Matt and Bethany are both like, no, the other side, you're not still not gonna convince me. You're still not going to convince me on this. I but still think the common enemy is me. Like, don't like bacon <laughs> at all. So at least there's some common ground between the two. Yeah, nobody else likes bacon in the world. That's mm -hmm. right. Yeah, 10 million people can't be wrong. But the idea of that exercise all around was it shows how hard it is to really change your mind on something, how we can really latch onto something and then irrationally fight for it. Like just on a, on a, on a black and white, left and right kind of a fight. And, you know, you mentioned politics and it's happening a lot on social media right now, where it's just like, if I could just post the right meme, if I could just put the right and best meme on here to make my point, I can make my point on there, but you never convince anybody else of what you're thinking. You never convince anybody else about that. So, yeah, but there might be insight into what the other person's thinking about why they're approaching it the way that they approach it. This almost feels like a continuation of the conversation we had a few podcasts ago on the be curious topic. And some listeners might be going, this sounds a lot like the be curious topic. Like I'm supposed to be curious what the other person is saying. And I think to me, this whole topic is taking it the step, taking it the next step. So be yeah. curious and listen, but then also being curious enough to be able to ask the next question. Because I think sometimes we're curious enough to listen in the beginning and then, okay, now let me instill my will. And changing our mind, you know, this idea of changing your mind is good is this whole idea of being, being able to maybe see the conversation fully, you know, fully there, you know, Don, with your example, side note, if anybody would like to hire us to come do a workshop to where we will just throw a controversial topic right in the middle and, and mix some stuff up, like Don was talking about there with the bacon, like we will happily, uh, it up. <laughs> happily it up. do that as well. But, but the idea, you know, that what, what struck me there, Don is like, okay, so approach is important approach is key of how we do this and we talked about this a little bit in the in the be curious too like my my goal is to listen to be able to take information not to change your mind I, I, and i think that's an interesting perspective so changing your mind is good my goal though as the uh, talker is not to change your mind my goal is to be able to kind of just have a conversation and say this is whether you change your mind or not at the end that's okay like are we defining winning this changing your mind as as that is the goal or is the goal the conversation yeah and i think if your goal is to try to change the other person's mind you're limiting your own power and potential yeah. because you could be wrong that's the, I think that's the punchline of all of that. That's what, why do you want to change your mind? Because you could be wrong. And what I found is even on issues that I felt very passionately about and really dug into over the course of my life, there have been many times where I've had an epiphany 
an epiphany is whenever you have a fundamental shift in understanding of the way things are. When someone exposes a bias that you have, we hear the term bias. And I have heard leaders say things like, oh, I don't have biases. I'm a logical decision maker. I'm telling you, if you are a human being, you are not entirely a logical decision maker. There's lots of research that shows that. We get stuck on something and we think that this thing is true. And then we build our world around the thing that is true, even though the thing may not be true. There's been many times, I can think of many, many decisions in people-centric's history where we zeroed in on something and we thought, well, this is really clearly true. So we just put this into place and then we build uh, a kingdom around that. And then it's very difficult to change the thing and we build it around. We've, had, we've done some products, some projects, things like that, that we got into that we were super excited about. We went down the road on it. We kept feeding it. We kept spending a lot of time on it and we didn't pull the plug on it very early and spend a lot of, wasted a lot of time and effort on it. Uh, even though all the evidence around us was that it wasn't working. And sometimes when we discovered that was when we brought in somebody from the outside, sometimes in strategic planning, last podcast episode, you go check out strategic planning, brought an outside facilitator and they just asked the dumb question of saying, what is this doing for you? And we find ourselves sitting around the table going, uh, right. I don't know. So right. there, it's, it's how can we make better decisions? The answer is by starting to recognize that you might be wrong. Don, you, you talked about earlier about uh, how our, our internal belief system, and I, and I just touched on that, but, but why should we be careful to limit our beliefs tied to values? You know, our natural, the, the research, and Adam Grant talks a lot about this, is we tend to dig in more when it's tied to our values. They, he calls it our, our, our internal dictator is the idea. And it's, the, it's, it's this internal voice that we have that says, no, 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 I identify this and what you're saying may threaten that. And so therefore any threat to this cannot be true. So I'm going to fight it. And it, it happens really, really easily on something. I'm trying to figure out one that I can use as an example without triggering half the people who are listening to this, uh, you know, <laughs> nuance about something. But I mean, I can tell you, well, well I'll, I'll, I'm okay. I'll jump in one right now. How you feel about the vaccine, I could probably predict your political party. Those two things don't make sense together. That doesn't make sense. There's no logical path from one path to the other that makes those things really connect. But people do connect that because there's a value set that belongs with both of those things that are tied together. And so we, we take the values, the value like as an umbrella and everything that falls under that then must be a belief that must be true. Not all of those things are true. You could be you, you could take a conservative profile or a liberal profile. And really, if you broke it down, probably people feel a little bit of true about both of those things. But if you really identify as a conservative or you identify as a liberal and you're hardcore about that, then you tend to take those issues a lot more hardcore. And then you can say things like, I am pro-guns or I am anti-guns. And the reality is if you have really good discussions about both of those stances, neither one of those things are true. There's reasons to have guns. There's good reasons to have guns. And there's also maybe good reasons to limit guns in some cases. So there's probably some middle ground. There's a lot of space between no guns and, and all guns. You know, there's a lot of space between that. And that's, so it's, I'm trying to use those examples. Some of you are listening to me saying, no, 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 there is no space between that. And I get yeah. that. And I'm probably triggering an unconscious bias on you like right now, but we have to understand that how we think that way, because if we, if we understand that, then we can start to fight it. We can start to use our intelligence to overcome it. We can ask questions and we can go back to that other podcast episode where we talk about being curious and ask people, why do you feel totally differently than I do about this? Tell me why. Tell me why you feel differently about yeah. that. Now, a lot of people are, are just excited about the next podcast. Where we're going to talk about the gun debate and uh, <laughs> vaccines. So yeah. 
I don't know if that's <laughs> Diana's Diana's shutting it down already there. We're so in. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. I, I do like what you said too. We talk about these belief systems and and sometimes we get so rooted in that 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 sometimes and I have seen I have seen uh, this too recently with some of those political debates too, where it's just blind reactions, blind reactions based in in belief systems. And one of the things that Adam Grant book, Grant's book talks about here is writing down evidence that we have that confirms what we know. So trying to get it away from the emotional part of the belief system to the factual part of, you know, the, almost to the reality of the of the situation. So we've kind of strayed from business into life and world and, and things like that. But, you know, business, for instance, let's talk about that for just, just a minute, you know, work life. And we did one, the work-life balance and things. And, and, and one of the things that strikes me as this changed my mind, having some of the conversations that we are having with business owners now would never have happened if COVID was never a thing. And I'm talking about things like flexible work schedules uh, or hybrid work schedules or working remotely all together. You know what? Let's just sell the office or break the lease on there and just not have any place to go. So for those conversations two years ago, like those would have been non-starters with these different uh, companies and these different managers and owners that we work with. Like, no, 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 that's not on the table. No, 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 no. I'm quite certain if I followed that, we would immediately go out of business. In fact, the topic today is called changing your mind is good. They would not have agreed with that sentiment around those topics, but their hand was forced. And sometimes this is the process of how we get around to changing our mind. Like sometimes... The hand is forced, the office is closed, people that we work with, that we know, you might work for a company that you haven't been back to the office yet, and not because you don't like the people or like the space, but why? And you maybe maybe don't have an office to go back to because the lease is now up and 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 you know what everybody just decided to work remotely, you might be doing all the same things that you were doing before. But for some reason, it's just better now, though, like maybe revenue is or profits are up or maybe even we're more efficient and more productive in the space we are in now. Like that is something that it was a hard stop. Our hand was forced. We had to change to survive. And it turned out that was pretty good. That was pretty was good in some of those cases. I was talking to a business owner a couple of months ago and they were lamenting. They said our staff is in multiple different locations all over the place. And we just don't communicate as well as we used to. Like they're just in different locations. They don't, they don't talk to each other as much as they used to talk to each other. And I said, you know, do you use like a Zoom or a Teams or something where you can do a video call? And he goes, no, I banned them in my company. This is two months ago. I've banned Zoom calls. We do not have Zoom calls. We do not have team calls. I pulled out all the video cameras. We do not, I've, I've, I've prevented us from using those things. And I said, why are you preventing use of those tools? And he goes, well, you know what they say? There's no such thing as a five minute Zoom call. Zoom calls, they, they get started and they're hours long and they're always hours long. And therefore, I'm never going to get past that. Wrong. And I just, I'm, I, I said, you know, I, at first I, I started to say like, well, we do it all the time. Like we just do it. I think we've done it today a couple of times. Like I'm going to jump on Teams and I'm going to do a quick call and just five minutes here or three minutes there. Just It's really easy to do. You can jump off of it. You don't have to talk for forever. Like you can have some meeting discipline just like you do in person online. You can do all of that kind of stuff. So I kind of knew that. And so I just started to talk about it and he goes, nope, 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 nope. Like <laughs> I've, I've made my decision. I've seen it and I know that won't work. So we're not going to do that. It's just, a, it's a simple example. It's a really simple example, but it's like, no, I've seen this work in multiple companies, solve the problem that you're trying to deal with, but you're stuck on this idea that people don't do short Zoom calls. 
That also reminds me, Don, too. I know that you talk about it. We talk about it a lot when we're public speaking. And, and uh, you know, Diana and I had an opportunity to speak to that group in Denver last week, and we talked about that people machine. And talking about your organization is perfectly designed to get the results that it's currently getting. And that might be one of those examples. Okay, if I don't like the results that I'm currently getting, how do I need to redesign this machine? And that might be a good place to start with. Okay, wait a second. Maybe I've been thinking about this whole thing wrong. You know, these pain points that I have in my life right now, these pain points that I have in my business, I'm continuing to let happen and I'm continuing to be frustrated by it. What are some of those things that I need to change my mind on and give yourself grace? I would say this is a pro tip. Maybe give yourself grace to not follow through with the thing, but be open to at least question it. Maybe I don't have to do all the things that we talked about or that we landed on, but be at least open to question it and, and ask some of those questions too. So that's, you know, out of, you know, we talked about uh, COVID really put it at a place where you had no choice. You just had to move. And it turns out some of those moves, you know, that required us to change our way of thinking and change our mind turned out to be, turned out to be pretty positive. And some of those things, okay, they're going to revert and go back. A lot of those things are best practices are now here to stay. And hopefully you can take that as a decision maker and say, huh, I wonder what else I could proactively be thinking about here that I could, that I could change. Like what, what else am I not, not, not seeing uh, you know, it's kind of like those um, 360 feedbacks that we do, that we do as well. That's a humbling, vulnerable thing to where you're getting anonymous feedback from the people that you work with. And some clients that we work with, I don't even want to go there. Don't even want to go there. But some clients are like, no, I would love to know what I'm blind to. You know, and then it's up to you to take it with a grain of salt. But I think that's a great first step if you're wondering, okay, well, how do I change my perspective? How do I change my mind? How do I move in a different direction? I think just the first, the first step is you got to be open to the idea of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's probably a good place to start. Yeah, Definitely. I hearing this idea of, you know, just the, the fact that successful people change their mind more often is a big relief, actually, if you think about it. Like, I think it's actually really freeing if you think about it in the right way, because it means that you don't have to know all the time, too. Like, you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to be right all the time. And if you are willing to to sort of, like, let that go a little bit, you're probably going to learn the best way to do something or how you need to, to change your business or, you know, making new decisions um, with your team or whatever it is. I don't know. I think to me, that sounds really freeing. I would say, I would say as a business manager, owner, however you want to say it too, be open to asking the, the question from your people. Like, what are some things that you think we should be doing differently around here and take them up on like one or two of them, especially if it, it's, I didn't even consider that. I don't, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about that. Great. Let, let them run with it. I mean, the, the ripple effect there is like buy-in, engagement, value, those types of things too. So you can really set, your, set yourself up for success with following that as well. So Diana, what were you going to add? I was going to say that my working at people-centric started off by me being a non-believer in people-centric. And the only reason I believe it now is because I've seen it work time and time again. So I constantly go back to the like, okay, I once believed that this was the fact and this is how people worked and this is how you should work. And now I believe that you should do things differently because I've seen those things work over and over again. So I think me getting my butt kicked a few times and being like, okay, this is the truth has made me realize that like, sometimes my truths aren't true. And so I have to take a step back and evaluate why do I believe 
that something will work or why do I believe that something should be done this way? And if I truly believe that, are my truths true? And like, can I ask a few questions and dig a little deeper to find out if my truth is actually true or if there's a better way to be doing something or can someone change my mind and open my eyes to something new that works better than the way that I thought it was supposed to work? Yeah, and I just think that I started out with that early in my career and getting my butt kicked a few times. And that's really been really helpful. And so I would challenge everyone to look at life and just sort of say like, what things am I holding true that might not actually be true? And why am I holding on to those so strongly? Right. Like sometimes you just, that can be the best thing that happens to you is when you get your butt kicked or you try something and you're like, well, I really thought that was the right approach, or I really thought that was the right thing to do. And I don't like how that turned out. So now I either have to keep running with it and act like it was the best thing ever, or I have to turn around and admit that 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 didn't go like I hoped it would. And so maybe I need a different, need a different approach. What what I like about that example is that Diana has done her share of butt kicking too. So that has not just been one way. It wasn't like people centric had it all figured out and Diana came in and we converted her. That's not true at all. I think what was more true is that Diana came in as the non-believer and questioned everything that we did and found that some of the things that we did were really good. And some of the things we did were not necessary. And some of the things we did were probably bad. And so that allows you by bringing in somebody who's a non-believer who doesn't see that as a core value part of who they are and allows themselves to be open to being wrong, that allowed us to question that we were wrong too. I love that example. You know, Don, one of the other concepts that the book talks about, it seems like a nice transition because it says, learn to be happy with being wrong. And that might be a tough sell for some of the people listening. So what in the world are we talking about here with learning to be happy, even when we're wrong? Yeah, I think that, I think that goes back to what Bethany talked about is that you can look at it and say, well, I was wrong. How could I be wrong? What's wrong with me? And you don't recognize that like other people are wrong too. Like everybody is wrong. Like you're wrong about something. You're listening to this. You're wrong about something. And if you think you know where you're wrong, you're also wrong. That's, that's kind of scary. But at the same time, when you are wrong, you should recognize that the acknowledging that makes you better. It gives you an opportunity to connect with somebody else. It gives you to, to adjust you know, like the company that we talked about that does the, uh, that did that product. Once they put that product down, they make more money. That's good. That's a, you should celebrate that. You can kick yourself for it, but the end result was really, really positive. Uh, that person I talked about who says they will never do Zoom calls in their company. If they recognize that they can shift that and put that into, you know, start using that as a tool, then um, it'll open up a lot of possibilities for them. So that's the idea. And I think Bethany stated it really well, is that's kind of freeing to recognize you don't have to always be right. Yeah, that's a, I mean, I think we've all been there at some point where you just feel that burden of like, I have to know everything. (laughs) I'm supposed to know everything or people expect this of me or whatever. And that's a lot of weight to carry around. So just don't do that to yourself. (laughs) You don't have to. Just stop it. Just Just stop stop it. it. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's also that concept of like leaders never want to be the smartest person in the room or like good leaders never want to be the smartest person in the room because it's just not easy to do. So unburden yourself from that and like have smart people who do question stuff. I have taken to the phrase, the more I know, the less I understand because the, I feel like every decision is complicated. People are complicated and it is very, very, very rarely as black and white as everybody wants to make it out to be. 
so I think like finding shades of gray and questioning everything is such a good path to follow. One, one of my favorite parts about the book, because it's if you don't know what you don't know, like, how do you go find that out? So, so one of the areas that they talked about in the book is the things that you know a little bit about are probably areas where you are wrong about something. Because we have a tendency that when we learn just a little bit or get exposed to just a little bit, we overestimate our own expertise in something. I'll give you, a, I'll give you a, a, an example. A friend of mine was in the military and we were talking about something about, we got to talk about foreign policy or something. And there was a point where we were talking about like our foreign policy with China or something, something big and expansive like that. And he was like, look, I'm in the military. Like I, I know what's going on. And I'm like, you're in high level talks with China. Like he was, he was a grunt, like he's a frontline. <laughs> I'm like, are you, are you at the table? Have you been to the white house? Are you in the debriefing room? Like, I didn't know that, like that's new information. But sometimes when we get just a little bit exposed to something, I think we fall into that sometimes too. Um, as consultants, and we have to watch for that. We'll work in an industry. I mean, we work like a lot in the publishing space, but we don't, we're not publishers. We're not publishers. So it's really easy to tell a publisher like, all right, here's what you need to be doing differently to be more successful or to go to a hospital and, you know, tell people, here's what we need to do to provide better healthcare. You have to be knowing a little bit can really mess you up sometimes. So that those are areas, if you're looking for where you might be wrong, it could be in the areas, you know, a little bit. That sounds awful. I don't know what that feels like, but I, I hear you guys are passionate about that. Uh, about that, that <laughs> <laughs> if I was wrong about something, I would yeah. admit it. I would thought admit I was that. wrong, but uh, turned out I was wrong about that. All right, so let's uh, let's go around the table and give some quick tips here on this uh, concept of changing your mind. Again, I look at it as a continuation of being curious about the conversation. It's probably about the approach, but then seeing it through is the being willing to change our mind part. So what tip would you give here as a parting shot for this topic? We'd like to go first. Don? I think this is a little bit of a cousin to the idea of like failing. So like we've talked about how do you be successful is you fail more often. And I think this is kind of a cousin of that. Like, so if you want to be right more often, then you need to be wrong more often too. Jeff Bezos has a quote that's in the book and he says, people who are right a lot, listen a lot. People who are right a lot, listen a lot. So I'm going to go back. To, I'm going to go to that point of just listen a lot and see where you're wrong so that you can be right more. Great. Thanks, Don. Bethany? Yes. People who are right a lot, listen a lot. Okay. I'm just repeating it to remember. Um, but I do think, you know, to your last question, Matt, too, was if you, how do you know what you don't know? And I think just partly get in, get in the practice of asking that question, even of being open to say, here's what I'm thinking, or here's what I, this is what I think this is, or this is what I believe or whatever. Am I wrong? <laughs> Do you, is there something that I'm missing? Um, yeah. And be open to that feedback. And I think there, there have been time and I don't always do this. So I'm not saying this to pat myself on the back, but the times that I have done that and actually been given feedback, sometimes they don't, I don't really like the feedback. Sometimes I'm like, I wanted you to not to just say like, no, you, you, you've got it. You're right. <laughs> but when I don't, I usually, it's good for It's good for me and I'm challenged by it. And so I think that's a hard question to, to ask, but I think just getting into the habit of, of asking that question. Not Great. in a lack of confidence thing, but in a humble thing, hum humble way. Yeah. Thank you, Bethany. Diana? 
Yeah. My tip is that, well, I'll just share for a second. I'm really stubborn. If you guys didn't pick up on that in all of these, I know I'm like super stubborn, but I have tried to recognize that when I'm being stubborn and when I'm digging in on something to try to take a step back and ask myself why I'm digging in on this thing. Why am I being so stubborn about this? Is this a value? Is this a truth that maybe isn't true? Do I need to ask more questions? How do I get out of the stubbornness of it? Because I don't think that digging in helps anyone. It's kind of that, like, I'm not going to change your mind by digging in further. Mm -hmm. So I have to stop to like claw myself out a little bit and say, why am I digging in here? And should I be looking for something different? I think you do that well also, by the way, with several conversations we've had. Yeah, I can tell when you're doing that though. Uh, but I think you do that well. I think that's good. That's a good trade. I think my my takeaway here would be give yourself the freedom to not necessarily feel like I have to have the pressure of changing my mind completely on the main thing. But there might be parts throughout the conversation or different small perspectives about the conversation that, you know what, I could concede a point there. Like, I think it's okay to concede a point along the way. I don't have to completely change my mind. But finding, you know, again, the goal is the conversation and finding common ground, I think. So maybe take the stress off. You don't have to change your mind about the big, all the big ticket items there, but have the conversation. You'll probably find more common ground in the midst of the conversation than actually changing your mind on the entire subject um, altogether. So I think that's where it starts. Done. That's good, Matt. I like that a lot. So, so what you're saying is that maybe, although you don't want a limp piece of bacon coming, chasing you off a sandwich when you bite into it maybe a good thick cut piece of bacon cooked just right that kind of melts in your mouth is probably pretty good too just just right yep over over the uh, rack of my traeger where it melts in your mouth that's great you know what you if go. you call it chewy if you call it crispy i don't i don't care as long as it has that uh, texture to it i think it's great yeah delicious All right. So great, great conversation. Again, good to see you guys uh, again through this topic. If you all would have other topics that you'd like us to talk about, we of course are open to that. Feel free to provide us feedback maybe on the sessions here so far or or other topics that you'd like us to consider in, in the future. So thank you all so much for tuning in and we will talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the More Than Work podcast. Join us next time. And in the meantime, lead well.